Welcome to the Old Republic Podcast. We are a podcast that discusses Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic, general sci-fi, and about the stories that inspired a galaxy. Consider this a spoiler warning for everything under the sun and the twin suns in that galaxy far, far away. This is where the fun begins. Hello everyone, it's been a while since we've done a Hero's Journey episode. Today we're talking about The Force Awakens. Uh, how are you today, Brian? I am doing great. Uh, it's exciting to be back on the uh, Hero's Journey train. You know, we did the, uh, you know, kind of the original trilogy, we did the prequel trilogy, and uh, now it's time to dig into the sequel trilogy here. Um, and I have to say, uh, watching The Force Awakens, uh, well, A, it was a good time to go back and watch it because I hadn't watched it in a little bit of time, but B, this one was a lot trickier than I thought it was going to be from the offset. Yeah. It does kind of follow some beats from, you know, A New Hope and the original trilogy, but I think it's kind of the first time that you kind of have, like, more pronounced, like, deuteragonists. Mm-hmm. I feel like I said that word wrong, but... Uh, Sounded in right to the me. Force, <laughs> yeah. In The Force Awakens, you have Rey and you have um, Finn, of course, and... There's there's more going on than I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly you have uh, kind of the the journeys there. You could also, I guess, make the case uh, you could follow the the path of uh, Kylo Ren's uh, journey. He goes on pretty much a full journey um, in this story as well. But yeah, this one was a lot trickier than I thought it was going to be because yeah, kind of the kind of the big takeaway from the Force Awakens was a, it shared a lot of you know kind of kind of similarities with with a New Hope, which was which was fine, but. Um, like that very much is a, a kind of a contained thing, whereas this was meant to be, you know, kind of the launch pad for, you know, further storytelling. So it had some elements of that, but it also kind of in the same way had some elements of like the Phantom Menace where you're setting up this uh, this trilogy uh, to get going. So kind of the steps for the hero's journey are definitely all there. At least I could kind of find them, but uh, kind of the the path to those was uh, was a little different than I was expecting. Yeah, so did you see any uh, KOTOR similarities? Um, I did not see any KOTOR similarities, uh, to be honest, because I wasn't really looking <laughs> for KOTOR similarities. It's, it had been too long since we did this, so I wasn't, uh, I wasn't thinking about KOTOR uh, similarities there when I was uh, sitting down and, and watching uh, this one. But what about you? Did you come up with anything uh, really good that links back to uh, Bastila and Revan and the rest of the Ebonhawk crew? Yeah, so... I found a couple. Uh, I'm not as sharp as I used to be, probably, but um, the first one that I even noticed, like in some of like the when they were making the movie, you know how sometimes there would be articles, and it's like here's the first look at Kylo Ren in the Knights of Ren, uh, and I was like, oh, Kylo looks a lot like Revan, and that kind of sounds like you know mm-hmm. Revan. Um, so I do think it's, like, kind of something they're at least aware of, you know, even if it's not, like, fully intentional, I think they're playing with it. Um, Mm -hmm. and similarly, Ray is a British brunette with a double-bladed weapon, and maybe it's just kind of more, oh, and she has, yeah, like I said, British accent, you know. And maybe it's like, they say, um, 
maybe it's just kind of superficial similarities, but like I'm like, oh, the outfit kind of looks similar. Like the personality, um, I actually kind of think Ray is a little bit more similar to Revan in as much as he has a personality, you know? Um, mm -hmm. I kind of see uh, Ben and Kylo Ren a little bit more similar to Bastila, but it's mm -hmm. it's yeah. an interesting uh, dynamic, I guess, that uh, you learn more about in The Last Jedi. Um, and then, of course, because it's Star Wars, what are they looking for? They're looking for a map to the stars that's mm -hmm. hidden in a mm -hmm. droid. Mm -hmm. That's right. So yeah. not a Rakadin star map. Not so. a Rakadin star map. Uh, just a just a regular old star map that uh, plugs into R two and a uh, uh, BB eight. So uh, yeah, those are some good similarities. Uh, I guess you could uh, make the link. Uh, you uh, rightfully, I think, um, you know, said that Ray was more of a. Uh, Darth Revan type of a figure and I guess you could uh, kind of find some parallels there too in that she uh, doesn't really know her own uh, kind of history uh, not in really an amnesiac kind of a way but uh, you know just uh, not f uh, not really sure of who she is and that's kind of the same uh, thing with Revan uh, you know as you're playing through the game there so yeah some uh, definitely good links to uh, KOTOR there for this and that makes sense I guess now that we're into kind of this new newer newest phase of Star Wars storytelling the people that are you know writing these stories and doing the artwork and stuff like that are uh you know presumably of the age where they might have grown up playing knights of the old republic like uh you know you and i and a lot of our listeners have so that makes sense i think that they would be drawing on some of those things for some uh inspiration so i like yeah. that i like that um let's uh, talk about the force awakens a little bit here cassia so it released on december the 16th 2015 and it currently sets as the top grossing domestic release of all time 936 million dollars and fifth all time uh worldwide so just over two billion dollars there so quite a big chunk of that uh, uh sale purchase price there uh, disney got back on this one so uh neil blomkamp and ben affleck uh, apparently both were offered the opportunity to direct episode seven and both turned it down it finally went huh. to jj abrams after steven spielberg had uh made the suggestion to uh, Kathleen Kennedy to uh, bring J.J. on. So that's how uh, he got involved. Um, early drafts of the story had Luke return uh, kind of about halfway through the story, about midway uh, through the story. He was going to turn back up, but the writers felt that it took it way took over the story. Um, and you can certainly uh, see that if you remember back to the... Uh, was it the first season of the Mandalorian when he turned up and that was where the uh, story went as soon as, as he turned up. So I guess that makes sense if you're writing the story and you want to really kind of focus on these new characters to uh, keep him as a MacGuffin, you know, stretched out to the end of the end of the film. Uh, Dennis Lawson, uh, who played Wedge Antilles in the original Star Wars trilogy, was offered to come back and reprise his role, but declined <laughs> to do so. So uh, I don't know if that changed any of the uh, storytelling there. Um, and The Force Awakens was nominated for five Academy Awards. It did not win any of the five, but it was nominated for Best Editing, uh, Sound Mixing, Sound Editing, Visual Effects, and Best Original Score. So uh, nominated for five, but didn't win any. But, I, you know, you make a $2 billion, I guess you're okay with that, so... Yeah. Yeah. So it, it there certainly was a hubbub when this film came out, because uh, I think Disney knew how to market then, you know, like we're kind of at the peak of the MCU and then Star Wars was kind of reborn, you know, people were excited. And I think like the prequels had like an interesting legacy, you know, 
some people really liked them, some people not so much, but I think people were just kind of looking for a return to form, so... Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's very yeah. similar in the same sense. You know, you go from, you know, 1983 to uh, 19... 99 uh and then you go from you know 2005 to 2015 so there are these big gaps so you have uh people that grew up on the original trilogy that were you know flocking to the theaters to see the prequels and then you had you know kids that grew up on the prequel trilogy that were flocking to the theaters then to see uh the sequel trilogy and uh you know by and large their uh their takeaways from both sets of those fans were uh were, were similar um in a lot of sense you could you could say you know history has a tendency to repeat itself um, especially when it comes to uh star wars here but yeah i think um yeah it was definitely a good a good kind of starting point um especially from the standpoint that you yeah, want to get you know a cast of new characters out there you want to get your new film out there and it did uh, really really well um you know in terms of uh, getting eyeballs on it for sure so uh what do you say cassio let's get into uh the hero's journey of it all yeah so if it sounds like we're a bit rusty, it's because we're rebooting, you know, after, <laughs> you right. know, a long uh, absence. So I'm just looking up Christopher Vogler. That's right. Well, while you're looking that up, uh, Cassie, I guess we should probably go ahead and uh, get this out of the way here first. So for my hero's journey, I am going with Ray um, is the... Uh, the character here in the story that I felt uh, deserves uh, the hero's journey treatment, uh, you know, because uh, we mentioned at the top there were a couple of options and, you know, a couple of these episodes that we've done, you and I have picked different characters or uh, maybe not the, uh, you know, who you might imagine to be the the main character, the main hero of the film. But uh, I went with Ray. Who did you go with? I think I kind of went primarily, like, I kind of saw Ray and... Finn going on a journey and there are elements of like you know like a journey for Kylo Ren as well mm -hmm. good deal so uh we always begin you know with the ordinary world and this is kind of just the the hero in their everyday life you know and it's kind of like the status quo of the story um what I kind of saw is the ordinary world were or was, uh, the Rebels and the Empire have evolved into the Resistance and the First Order. And I said that Jakku is our ordinary world uh, where where the film starts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. It uh, definitely is, I think. Um, if you're going about this, looking at Finn as uh, kind of the hero here, I think you could make uh, the case that, you know... Finn first getting to Jakku is almost like the like the special world for Finn. So we're kind of picking up on his a little bit later into the journey, potentially, um, yeah. I think. But yeah, uh, definitely looking at uh, Ray here as the hero. Yeah, I say, you know, scavenging in that old Star Destroyer, you know, going into town, getting a, a half portion for your parts and, you know, helping others, you know, coming across uh, BB-8 and fixing his antenna. You know, that's all kind of, you know, part and parcel for Ray here. This is just her living her everyday life, you know, doing some scavenging uh, and making some making some some trades and uh, making some delicious looking bread that pops up in your bowl uh, that looks pretty good pretty good um, but I think that's all kind of the the everyday life portion for uh, Ray here in the story yeah and we kind of see it starts off with uh, the first order coming to Jakku uh, coming to get Poe who was trying to learn where 
Luke Skywalker is, and we kind of see that Finn's not about the stormtrooper life, uh, but Poe gets captured, um, and then Finn is like, I'm going to free Poe so I can leave the First Order because I can't do this anymore, um, and yeah, that's where I kind of see it. Where do you see Ray coming in? Uh, in terms of the, in terms of the ordinary so, world for Ray, yeah, or? ordinary world. Uh, yeah. So I mean, yeah, obviously, you know, kind of in the background of all of this stuff that's going on on Jakku, you know, Ray's already uh, there, right? She's been on uh, Jakku since she was a a little kid. We learn kind of in a flashback. So yeah, that's definitely you know part of her uh, everyday world there, and we meet up with her uh, then later while she's you know inside of that uh, star destroyer, which is which is pretty epic. But yeah, it definitely lays out to the kind of ordinary world for for Kylo Ren, I guess, searching uh, for this. He's already you know well on his way to try to find the location of uh of luke skywalker and that's where we're getting started with at the at the beginning of the story but yeah we don't uh obviously we don't pick up with ray here until kind of after that uh first kind of uh initial scene there where you know poe gets captured and they uh, make their way back up onto the the star destroyer and uh they make their exit to then out and back down to the surface of jeku yeah and what I always thought was cool is, like, Ray made a mask out of, like, a storm... I, I assume it's, like, a stormtrooper helmet, so it's, like, she has, like, kind of, like, sunglasses, you know? And, mm -hmm. like, ooh, there's lots of dust in the air. It's probably the most dust per capita shot <laughs> in all of Star Wars, you know? There's a um, lot of dust. It, it looks very dusty. Yeah, she has, like, the, uh, kind of the, kind of the wrap around her head, and then she has those, uh, goggles. Yeah, that definitely look like they came out of, like, a, like a Stormtrooper helmet, or, like, a, like, a TIE pilot helmet, or something like that. Yeah, they, they definitely justify her skills in the story, um, and her speeder looks a lot like a popsicle. Like, every time I see it, I'm like, <laughs> she's on a popsicle. So, it, it's funny. It does. Yeah, I have the, uh... <laughs> I have the little uh, action figure of that uh, here, and definitely does look like a like a popsicle. It is it is pretty cool. It's all loaded down with with junk, and it seems good. And yeah, she heads into into town there. Uh, you know, trades her uh, stuff that she found on the star destroyer, which seems like it would be worth more than like a half of a loaf of bread. But uh, that's all she gets at the end of the day, and uh, goes home. And you see, she's kind of you know there in the in the shadow of this. Uh, was it the big? Uh, at at an ATAT walker uh they're kind of kind of sitting and having her bread and you know daydreaming about uh adventures and and things you know kind of similar uh, to luke skywalker but uh her uh her uh call to adventure and then uh reluctance is going to be a little bit different i think so um yeah for me then kind of you know we meet ray you know pretty quick we get uh, introduced to her uh, normal everyday life and then we get to kind of step two here the call to adventure which is the initiating incident of the story and i have to tell you uh there are several of these i think uh for ray uh, over the course of the movie and i think they correlate because you know that refusal of the call which is the the following step uh really happens you know to ray throughout almost the entirety of the movie so uh call to adventure we've we've met our characters now cassio what do you see as the call to adventure I saw the call to adventure as the first order is after BB-8 and Ray and Finn flee. Uh, it's very much just like explosions, explosions, we have to go, you know? Mm-hmm. 
yeah, definitely. Um, that is a, that's certainly one. I had a, a couple here and I think that I agree with you. I think that, you know, kind of that, that section fleeing Jakku, right? She, uh, quite literally like runs into, runs into Finn there in town. She's got, uh, BB-8 and they end up getting, you know, shot at by, uh, these TIE fighters that are coming in. So yeah, fleeing Jakku is kind of a, an initiating incident there. You know, you, you get put on the run. That's going to certainly call you to adventure. You climb on board the Millennium Falcon and you, uh, make your way out of there. Uh, I saw that as a call to adventure. I saw, uh, the offer here. Uh, we'll talk about that when we get to it here, but, uh, being hired by Han Solo is kind of a call to adventure. Um, the the lightsaber is a call to adventure, and even you know later on in the film, being asked by Kylo Ren to um, you know join him is a, a call to adventure. Um, you know, and she's going to basically you know refuse all of these. But yeah, I think for me, I think looking back on it, and if you're trying to kind of outline this in a hero's journey uh, type of a type of a <laughs> fashion, uh, I think that first kind of, you know, running into Finn and then having to basically, uh, get away from, uh, Jakku, uh, is the call to adventure for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm kind of just like, how did Poe survive? And like how, yeah, like that whole situation, I don't understand that, but, um, yeah, at least his jacket lived on, you know, uh, but yeah, the First Order is intense, you know, at the beginning. Uh, they're just blowing up everything, and Finn and Ray they have great acting chemistry, and mm -hmm. I would have loved more of, like, the trio, like, including Poe, you know, in this, in this film, personally. Um, I don't think it's that great of a twist that Poe ends up surviving, you know? I think originally mm -hmm. he was supposed to be killed off, but um, I'm glad he didn't. But I, I, I don't know. He could have had more to do, you know. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess that's that's fair. Uh, of course, he survived. He he knew enough to take off his jacket better than Finn. It's <laughs> hot on. It's hot on Jakku. You don't need a. You don't need a. He's leather wearing black. I'm like ah. <laughs> So many you need a leather jacket in the middle mistakes. of the desert. That's for sure. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, yeah, he gets there, and of of course, you know the the tie fighter is has crashed, and then you know thusly gets swallowed up into the into the desert. But yeah, you know Poe is Poe is going to be around. Um, I I kind of agree. It would be nice, I guess, to have you know the three of those characters together. But as I was watching, and I I initially kind of had that thought. I was thinking back to you know the original trilogy, and really the time that you had with. Uh, Luke Han and Leia together was very minimal over those uh, three films. Um, you know, not at all together in um, Empire Strikes Back. Um, so I, I kind of, I kind of agree that it, it would have been nice, but I also kind of think that it, you know, that's just kind of, kind of par for the course. You have kind of these three major characters that that you feel like spend all this time together, but they don't necessarily always do that. Yeah, and. I do have to say, like, during the beginning of The Force Awakens, there is a unique look during, like, the chase with the Millennium Falcon and the First Order. I, I thought it was kind of like a blend of, like, the prequels and originals, you know, mm -hmm. and, like, the camera moves kind of more than it ever has in Star Wars. So it, it was interesting, you know, and um, that's what I kind of saw is the refusal of the call. Like there's a prolonged chase. Um, mm -hmm. And it, Ray also wants to stay on Jakku, you know, and it's like, uh, 
no, you know, <laughs> it's just funny. I will not. That's right. Yeah, they uh, the refusal to call. Yeah, so I had a bunch of these, as I you know mentioned. I had a bunch of you know kind of calls to adventure here, and yeah, certainly certainly the chase is one. I get you like you get like a very first initial refusal of the call. They're running to that ship that gets blown up, right? Uh, that's a kind of a refusal from without, and they have to uh, you know take take the uh, the uh, hunk of junk, the Millennium Falcon there. So uh, that's that's kind of one without. But I mean, uh, you know, then she is, she's quite literally asked to go on this adventure, you know, several times. So Finn, you know, asks her to go, and um, she's like, no, I have to go back to Jakku. So she's refusing it there. You know, Han Solo tries to uh, get her, you know, to go with him. She says, no, I have to go back to Jakku. So she's refusing it there. Uh, she doesn't doesn't take the uh, the Skywalker lightsaber uh, from Oz Kanata's uh, castle. That's a refusal there, and then uh, she ultimately goes on to resist Kylo Ren. So she has a lot of refusals um, in a lot of ways, and we'll we'll get to this here when we when we get to the the first threshold. Like almost the entire movie is uh, Ray refusing this call. Really, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and um, you kind of brought up Han Solo. And I saw the meeting with the mentor uh, as Han and Chewie saying we're home, you know, and mm, mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. seems like Han really ended up liking Ray, you know, and uh, yeah, it, it's a it's a nice uh, connection, I think, that they share and it's kind of like Han is the Obi-Wan, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and pe- I think people are expecting it to be Luke, you know, and that creates, you know, a whole other thing, but, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it's interesting. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, that gets us to our next step here, the meeting of the mentors. So the hero gains the supplies, knowledge, and confidence needed to commence the adventure. Um, and I have here, um, uh, I wrote down like, who is the mentor, right? Is it? Is it Han? I think that it's meant to be Han, uh, right, throughout the story. Um, but then you think about what, like, Han, like, like teaches her or entrusts to her, right? She already knows how to fly the Millennium Falcon. She knows how, like, to operate it. She knows how to fix it, uh, basically. Uh, Han gives her a blaster, which is helpful, right? She gets uh, some supplies from him there, but she tells him, you know, she already knows how to use it, right? You just point and shoot. So <laughs> she's right on right on the money there. So uh, a very reluctant uh, mentor, kind of kind of thin there for me. Um, I thought maybe Maz Kanata, uh, who we'll talk about here in a second, is uh, meant to be kind of a mentor figure. Uh, Maz definitely gives her, you know, kind of some lessons, a little bit of uh, history, there about uh you know kind of this mystical object that has been calling to uh ray uh, so i could see maz as being a mentor um you could also just see like like the force itself being a mentor uh for ray here right so, uh, you know the lightsaber uh chooses you um it helps her you know kind of escape you know the first order there you know the the force uh, basically you know helps her helps her figure out how to get out of that cell and you know it's going to call to that uh that lightsaber um into her possession there in the in the woods at the end of the film so i think i agree with you i think that han is the mentor here in the story but um i think there are, are a couple um and much like ray's reluctance to uh taking this journey on i she also seems reluctant or um too competent for the mentors that she's getting uh thus far in the story yeah i i can understand when they when they land at maz kanada's castle i i kind of saw that as crossing the threshold is that where you were 
I I did not um, think that. Um, I think that it's it's an important uh, step for uh, the character journey, especially if you're looking at uh, Finn's journey when they get to uh, Maz Kanata's castle. And I think you could probably, even if you're looking at uh, Kylo Ren's, you know, getting there to uh, Takadana is an important aspect of uh, Kylo Ren's journey. But um, you know, even even kind of at this section. Um, you know, she's ha she's had her uh, mentor uh, moments with Han Solo at this point. I guess, um, like I mentioned, you know, Maz could be viewed as a mentor for her as well. So that's uh, so that's definitely the case. But I still don't see her, you know, fully committing to the story. Right? She keeps talking about going to back to Jakku. You know, Finn is Finn is trying to leave. Right? He's going to talk to those pirates to, you know, get uh, passage to the outer rim. And uh, Ray's like, no, I gotta go back to go back to Jakku. You goofball! What are you even talking about? I gotta go home. Um, so I. She She's still like, like reluctant uh, to it. So I actually don't see her crossing the first threshold until she's, uh, you know, caught here at the tail end of uh, the section at uh, Maz Kanata's castle, uh, taken up with Kylo Ren, and then she's able to, uh, you know, get her way out of that uh, first order cell. You know, she uses the uh, mind trick and kind of walks out of the cell, and that's kind of where I see her finally committing to the adventure in this movie but even then i still think that that is is pretty light i don't think she really takes her like first full like fully committed step until the very end of of the movie when she gets the lightsaber and gets on the millennium falcon to go off to find luke yeah that that's true uh she's very reluctant she's yeah she's super reluctant through the whole thing and that's that was what the the tricky uh, part of this was for me and you know we we talk about the hero's journey and the way it's written down and stuff is very linear and it doesn't necessarily have to be linear you know you can have kind of these steps um in a bunch of different orders and still have them that make sense but yeah she's she's very reluctant uh hero throughout uh, this film so if you're looking at it through her standpoint um then then definitely it keeps kind of getting prolonged there are like these little like baby steps i guess she takes right when she you know stays on the, the millennium falcon or she you know is there at maz Kanata's castle and she goes down into the basement and and finds a lightsaber like those are like little like like baby baby commitments i guess to the to the adventure maybe she's curious maybe is the better way to say that adventure curious yeah yeah and I think, like, Harrison Ford really sells the scene uh, when, like, the, you know, sequel trilogy star map appears. Um, and I think, mm -hmm. like, the story of The Last Jedi is really uh, um, kind of hit on, you know, uh, what when Han's explaining like what happened to Luke, what happened to one of his students, you know, and we kind of learn like Kylo Ren was Han Solo's son, you know, so it's like, oh, Han and Leia's kid, you know, like, so Luke felt guilty and, and left, you know, mm -hmm. um, yeah, so, yeah, it would have been interesting to see, like, if Rey kind of inherited the Falcon, Finn was the Jedi, Poe is kind of the res resistance politics person, um, or at least Finn and Ray and Finn were both Jedi, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, but I just wanted to say, like, Lapita Nyonga is criminally underused as an orange Yoda stand-in. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she's great. Yeah. And... Yeah, Maz Maz is great, and that and that scene when she's talking to to Ray about the lightsaber is uh, probably my favorite scene in the movie. 
um, if I had to pick one, at least a kind of character moment. So. Yeah, and the First Order spy looks cool, like a, kind of like a Harley mm-hmm. Quinn design, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Not like, you know, the DCEU Harley Quinn, but like kind of like the Harley Quinn uh, kind of like diamond and all that, you know, but anyways yeah yeah um, that's right and and apparently uh the uh the music that's playing there in uh maz Kanata's, uh castle is uh written by uh jj abrams and lin-manuel miranda of uh, hamilton fame so that could have been a, a good tidbit for up there too so that's kind of a interesting tie yeah so it, it's interesting uh and it was cool to see, like, Kylo, like, even though he has, like, a mask on, like, sure, a scene with Vader's mask. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it, it's it's powerful. Like, a lot of people quote Kylo Ren and know, like, Kylo Ren's, like, lines from uh, the sequel trilogy. So, I think, yeah. like, you can't say, like, that the the series wasn't well acted it wasn't well um casted you know i think everyone tried really hard so Mm -hmm. yeah the acting performances are really great so yeah i like um yeah that particular scene where he's there with uh with vader's uh you know melted mask and you know calls him a grandfather that's always a a very very powerful uh feeling scene uh there for those characters and yeah it it does a good job of setting up kind of the mindsets of of these characters um within this within this world of of star wars um and i like that uh that's quite a bit um and yeah we get we get kind of that scene we see the motivations for uh kylo ren um and you know he's uh, ultimately uh the enemy of ray here and is kind of the the center of this uh, special world so let's get into our next step here cassia it's uh, tests allies and enemies the hero explores the special world faces trials and makes friends and enemies uh so what did you see as um, our character's major um uh, test allies and enemies here um throughout uh, either you know this section or uh, kind of throughout the film because i had uh, you know a couple of these uh, throughout yeah so for Tess alleys and enemies i said like ray finn and kylo each go through their own struggles uh ray you know you kind of hit on is like kind of all throughout the whole thing like she wants her family and belonging uh and like maz kanata's like the what you're looking for is ahead of you, not behind you, you know? And, mm-hmm. uh, Finn's like, I feel like I should run, uh, e- even after, like, uh, I was like, oh, this is a little fast, but it's Star Wars, uh, Finn and Ray seen on the stairs, you know, like, they helped each other, you know, like, they have a deep connection, and, uh, whether it's just like friends or it could be something more it's beautiful you know and uh kylo ren is struggling like uh on his path you know he wants to be dark-sided and he's struggling with the light you know mm-hmm. yeah there's uh something in uh, kylo ren he's not able to to fully uh, commit himself over and that's kind of the the i guess the message you're getting then from from snoke right uh you have to kind of 
<laughs> prove your allegiance to the dark side if uh, if you really want to get onto the side. So that's definitely the big test, I think, for, for Kylo Ren. Um, obviously, you have kind of the test of uh, Finn at the very, you know, offset of the film right when they're uh, ordered to uh to fire on uh the people there of jack and he doesn't do it that's a, a test for finn for sure but uh ray i think has a, a couple uh here throughout uh the story and i think that the first kind of test is uh you know she stumbles uh upon bb-8 and has the uh, offer to sell them off you know for like 60 portions or whatever of the of her uh, bread and uh she decides not to do that i think that is kind of a test for ray a test of her character um you know fleeing jeku with finn you know getting away uh you know getting on the uh, millennium falcon and piloting that thing off of there i think that's a, a test for ray as well uh fixing fixing the millennium falcon maybe maybe my favorite scene in the movie is uh ray's trying to fix the millennium falcon and uh finn's talking to her and she's trying to get him to <laughs> give her a tool or something and she's pointing at it she's like no nope, the one that i'm pointing at to guy what are you doing uh that's the best um for sure so kind of there the millennium falcon stuff are our tests and then yeah obviously you know meeting uh finn han and chewy uh bb8 uh are going to be the the allies here uh throughout the film for Ray, and you know that's kind of getting into into her special world now. Really, the special world for Ray is everything that's not on Jakku. Yeah, and yeah, she kind of sees everything. You know, like when she touches the saber, and she kind of runs away into the forest. She she does kind of resist it and uh finn goes out to try to save her with the saber you know has that traitor fight and i kind of don't believe that's the first time that han has ever decided to use the bowcaster <laughs> but you don't think he just used it like for like target practice one day yeah. like at the like at the rebel rebel base shooting range or something maybe <laughs> it up? i think they just needed to um foreshadow it's powerful you know mm, um and then the han and leia i wish they'd gotten more of the indy and marion reconciliation tour feel mm. you know um it's great to see poe alive even though i'm like uh, it doesn't make sense it's kind of like emperor's new groove it's like it doesn't make sense like how are Yzma and Kronk alive and it's like or alive and like how did they beat Cusco and pacha it's like eh who knows but um it is interesting to see like um ray's kind of overpowered by kylo uh in the forest and then when he's interrogating her it, it kind of totally like uh, reverses on itself which i guess is a cool twist um mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I still think Finn could have totally been a Jedi, but um, I think I'll never get over that, but it's okay. Um, and then it's funny because the the stormtrooper guarding her is played by Daniel Craig. And like, now that I've heard it, like, I've seen all you, of the James Bonds. Like, I can't unhear it. You, you know? can't unhear it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, she gets taken up there. Um, uh, so let's see. So our approach to the innermost cave, the hero nears the center of the story in the special world, um, is uh, Ray going uh, with Kylo Ren to the Star Destroyer? Is that uh, is that your approach to the innermost cave uh, for 
uh, Ray here, uh, because my approach to the innermost cave for Ray is when she touches that lightsaber and she goes into that uh, force vision. Uh, that's that's the way that I saw the approach. But what about you? So the approach, I guess I saw it as like Finn and Ray run away and uh, Star Killer base destroys the. Is it the Hosnian system or the Chandrilla system? Uh, it's the Hosnian. Okay, because when I saw it, I was like, oh, Coruscant, but it's it's Hosnian. <laughs> so, yeah, that would have been bad. That would have been yeah. really bad, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay, so, so your uh, approach then. Okay, so um, so almost, I guess, kind of kind of at the same time, right? Uh, you had a little bit more uh, wider breadth, I guess, for the galaxy, the innermost cave there is, uh, is that. But yeah, I, th- I thought that when she touches the lightsaber and she goes into that vision, you know, she sees a little bit of her past. She sees a little bit of... Uh, kind of her present and future, I guess, if she takes that uh, lightsaber. Um, I saw that as being uh, kind of the approach to the innermost cave. Um, and then, you know, right uh, right on the uh, heels of that is the ordeal for me. The hero faces the greatest challenge yet and experiences death and rebirth. Um, uh, so for me, it was kind of the, the mind probe section here with Kylo Ren, right? She's, uh, she's uh, strapped down to that... Uh, I don't know, that interrogation uh, chair uh, thing. And, you know, uh, she's being mind probed by Kylo Ren. Uh, you know, Snoke basically tells uh, Kylo Ren to go to go get her and bring her uh, to him. So that's that's kind of the ordeal and the way I see it. I mean, I see uh, you kind of get to like a death and a rebirth, right? Because uh, Kylo Ren goes and he, you know, does his little like mind probe thing. And she, she basically passes out, right? She like collapses to her death uh, there in the arms of Kylo Ren. And then she's kind of reborn again in that prison cell, you know, with uh, some uh, new force abilities. So so I liked kind of that... Um, that imagery i guess of of death and rebirth so that's how i saw uh the ordeal um uh where did you see the ordeal uh falling in the story Cassia? um so my ordeal and the reward might be switched a bit uh for the ordeal i put ray is captured and han is killed by kylo ren um but for the reward mine happened in the past like ray is reunited with finn han and chewy you got uh she got a uh she got an advance on her uh ordeal like here's your award uh you get through your uh, ordeal later and you can you can have all of it no i like that that makes uh that makes sense i think um to think about them that way um i saw the re the um the reward coming a little bit later as you know the uh the result of her getting out of uh, that prison cell is she gets uh, reunited with Finn, Han, and uh, Chewie. Um, so that's, you know, kind of the, you know, the the consequence of surviving death. She gets reunited with them, but she's also now kind of allowed herself to to uh, dabble uh, in this force that's uh, begun to call to her. So I think that that is the reward that I saw um, here in the story. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, and then are we on the way, the road back now? Yeah, the road back. The hero returns to the ordinary world or continues to an ultimate destination. So, uh, what say you, uh, Cassio, what's the, uh, what's the road back look like? Uh, let me just peruse my notes. So I put, like, Ray, Finn, and Chewie tried to escape whilst fighting Kylo. Um, and... I think Finn put up a good fight, and then, you know, people are going to fight about this until, you know, uh, forever. But, like, Ray kind of fights Kylo as well, you know? Um, 
and yeah like it kind of comes to a draw the the land separates you know and for the resurrection i ended up seeing star star killer bases destroyed oh okay uh very cool very cool i like that um yeah so road back for me uh kind of kind of similar so i had the road back um you know the hero returns to the ordinary world so i have it's kind of like a it's kind of like you get it's like a one-way street so the team is trying to leave star killer base right but then they decide to go back into it to uh, blow it up uh that is uh, kind of how i saw the road back um you know, trying to trying to take the road back home, but uh, continue on to the final destination, which uh, is you know certainly the ultimate destination for uh, Han. It goes back in and uh, confronts uh, you know Ben Solo or Kylo Ren uh, there on that walkway, and you know that goes down. But they do, I guess, uh, successfully blow up the the base or get the explosion started. So that's that's useful. That's useful. Um, and then for the the resurrection here, so the ex the hero experiences a final moment of death and rebirth. So they are pure when they re-enter the ordinary world. Um, so looking at this from the standpoint of of Ray, uh, Ray is quite literally like like thrown uh, through the woods um, again uh, to her death, basically. Right? She's like she's like passed out, like face down in the snow again right so um if you look at you know kind of this this hero's journey outline there's almost like two like death and rebirth uh sections and i'm seeing that kind of again right she's uh she's passed out like literally uh face down but is reborn when that uh, lightsaber comes and flies into her hand um and i have to ask you this cassia is our resident uh hero's journey expert uh does you know being doused in the uh in the snow does that count as a baptism because i think it does at this point i think ray has been baptized so. Uh, into into the uh, into full fledged uh, force force abilities. So I think so. I think so. That's that's what's bringing her back. Bringing her back. Yeah, there. for sure. That's what I think too. All right, perfect. Uh, and then uh, so yeah, so those are uh, the resurrections. You know, the uh, Star Killer base has blown up. Uh, they have their their battle there. Ray and uh, Kylo Ren kind of ends in ends in a draw. You know, Kylo Ren took a took a blaster bolt to the side. He's like bleeding out on the on the snow there so I mean, that makes sense that she'd be able to uh, match wits with him we saw our fight back on jacku so that makes sense um that leaves us with one final step cassia it's the return with the elixir the hero returns with something to improve the ordinary world uh what do you got i put finn is stabilized uh mm -hmm, mm -hmm. poe and leia lead the resistance and ray has found luke and what's interesting about ray finding luke is once you know, you notice this, it, it never goes away, but Luke's coat is sewn onto his robes. <laughs> it's very windy there. You don't want to lose your coat. Yeah. <laughs> It'll so... blow into the ocean. Then you'll have to use the force to get it back out. And Luke's trying not to use the force, so that makes sense. Yeah. Sew your coat, sew your coat to your cape. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, return with the elixir. Uh, definitely it's, uh, you know, Ray returns. Uh, she comes back in, uh, has the uh, the lightsaber. Now uh, R2 wakes up, and uh, R2 and BB-8 are going to be able to piece together that puzzle, uh, showing the location uh, of Luke Skywalker. And that's kind of the the thing that is uh, the elixir, I guess, is the location to, to Luke Skywalker here in this instance. Um, I'm wondering. I was watching it again, and you always just kind of kind of take it for granted that R2 kind of wakes up in that moment. But I'm wondering what triggered that because BB-8 had been back on. Uh, the base, I guess, around R two at some points, you know, prior to this within our within our story. So the maps had been, you know, together. Um, 
but I think this is the first time that the uh, lightsaber had been uh, back onto the base. Is that right? I don't know. No, because Finn had it, so I don't know. I don't know what uh, triggers I... R2 to wake up here in this moment. So I assumed it was Luke could feel Han's death, so he mm. triggered the map. I don't know if that tracks with The Last Jedi, but that's what I assumed. Um, or maybe it was a time thing. R2 was uh, on a timer. Yeah, I could be. Or maybe R2's Force-sensitive, you know? I don't know. R2 um, is, is Force-sensitive. He's a Jedi. He wielded the lightsaber in Return of the Jedi. He was the hero of A New Hope, so that makes sense to me. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, that was just... I was just thinking about that. I was like, what, you know, what triggered R2 at this moment to wake up? Maybe he maybe he heard Rey. Maybe Rey was the, was the key to it all. I don't know. I don't know for sure. Um, but I was trying to figure out, you know, what triggered triggered r2 to to turn on and uh put the maps together but i'm glad that they did because then yeah ultimately get to go and uh find luke skywalker uh there at the end of the film so uh that is the the hero's journey of the force awakens yeah thank you uh for listening and uh we'll we'll have the last jedi and uh the rise of skywalker to you soon so that's right absolutely so uh let us know if you're listening out there what uh, uh what your uh hero's journey analysis of the force awakens is uh who the who the hero of the story is and uh if you have any different steps or other ideas about it let us know we appreciate it thank you so much for listening in and may the force be with you may the force awakens be with you <laughs> Ooh, nice yeah. see ya Public podcast can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, as well as everywhere else that Anchor Podcasts are distributed. Subscriptions, reviews, and shares help us out. And if you want to connect with the podcast on Twitter, we can be found at Old Republic Pod. And if you want to connect with me, I can be found on Instagram at Astro underscore Droid underscore. You can find us on Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Older Public Podcast. Our intro and outro themes were composed by Dennis S. Mowers at dennissmowersmusic.com. This episode of the Older Public Podcast has been brought to you by Nikki Dog from Patreon. May the Force be with you. We will be back soon. Bye for now.